What is up, podcast fam? Welcome back to the Energy Exchange Podcast, where I sit down with some of the brightest minds in health and wellness and really extract knowledge, wisdom, so that you can implement these different practices and protocols into your life. And I really believe that life is an energy exchange. We're constantly giving, we're constantly receiving. And the more that we can create synchronicity with our energy exchanges, the more our lives will be fulfilled with joy, with abundance, with happiness. And especially with what's going on in the world right now, it's so important that we think outside the box and find ways to really connect with people virtually. And I really encourage you to think about your friends, your family, and see what you can do to exchange energy with those people. I'm so excited for us to be on this journey together. I genuinely appreciate you so much. And let's get in to today's show. What? is up everybody welcome back to the energy exchange podcast and ladies and gentlemen i am so committed to bringing you the highest quality individuals in health wellness spirituality and today we have a very special guest. It is my dear friend, Stee Lane. And Stee is a holistic health coach who helps people build lifelong habits that create emotionally, physically, and spiritually strong humans. Stee helps people realize and step into their true potential by optimizing their movement, nutrition, lifestyle, cognitive fitness, and spiritual connection. Stee, my man, welcome to the show. How we doing, mate? Absolutely Dude. honored to be here, man. Brother, it's such a pleasure. And just reading that description, I think, sums up what you do very, very well. And I just want to talk a little bit about your evolution. Mm. You know, I think we first connected, was it two or three years ago? It was three years ago, yeah. And, 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 and during that time... You know, I think both of us, we, you were more like focused on nutrition. I was more like movement. Right. And what I've seen from you, like the last year has been really diving deeper into yourself, your limiting Mm. beliefs, your ego, your mindset. Talk a little bit about, uh, your journey this last year, 18 months? Yeah, it's definitely been um, a big shift and a big evolution over the last couple of years. And I think, you know, what it takes to really be um, the best coach and give people back that gift is to really walk the walk. And I think what we do as coaches is we teach what we're learning, right? And we, and we teach what we're embodying because that's really what lights us up. And it, it's just been a shift to, to understand that, yes, it starts with whatever the foot in the door is, whether that's movement, whether it's uh, nutrition, whatever that is, that's a good thing to get your foot in the door. But this 
this is holistic, right? It has to come from all of these buckets. You know, it's not just food. It's not just movement. It's everything. It's lifestyle. It's light. It's how you're thinking. It's your connections. It's, it's, it's holistic. And that's really where my focus changed to really bring on more of those things and add more tools to the tool belt because it's benefited me personally in every facet, professionally, personally, relationships, as a new dad, everything. Um, and now that's, you know, how do I package those gifts and give those back to the world through education and social media, through coaching and just through, you know, being a better human because we, mm. we need that, you know? Yeah. And I think that's so important when, when you mention sharing your gifts with the world, because this is something that a lot of people, especially in our space, sometimes don't recognize. It's like, mm. you know, we all have these unique qualities, these unique uh, gifts that make us special, that make us unique. And by not sharing them, we're being selfish. Yeah. And, 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 you know, like when we were younger at school and we like tried to get a snack from a kid in our class and he wouldn't share, we would be like, bro, you're selfish. Right. And, and it's no different here. And I feel like you as well as me, we're feeling called to serve at the highest level right now when really you talk about this pandemic in a, in a, in a global scale, right? And health is now at the forefront. Yeah. And I want to know, you know, a, a couple things maybe that you have really focused on like this last four weeks in quarantine. What is something that you have done for your personal health mm. and, and the health of your, your wife and your newborn? Mm. Mm. Yeah, you're spot on. And I think you're right. Like this is a little wake up call and health is, is really becoming a priority for people and they're waking up to that. And, and I've been speaking a lot about that, how, you know, there's a lot going on here and there's a lot of stress for a lot of people and there's uncertainty and, and there's even death at the extreme end of this. And it's a very scary time. And if we miss the opportunity in light of this to, to not have a real serious conversation about health, we're doing ourselves and our nation a disservice because that's something we could really move the needle on right now. So knowing that, I've been kind of raising my voice a little bit more and you know, feeling the call to put out more uh, value and to show up and do more lives and to do more content and also to double down on all of the practices that keep me grounded um, because... The analogy that I use and, and I've spoke about a lot is is like being a tree with no roots. And if you're a tree with no roots, when the storm comes, like something like COVID-19, then you're going to get blown over and you're at the mercy of that storm and you're just getting tossed around until it blows over, right? Until it passes. But if you have got roots, and these roots are your habits and your systems mm. and your ability to, you know have discipline and, and treat yourself a certain way and feed yourself a certain way that the storm is still going to come, but you're much different in a different place when you've got those deep roots where maybe you can actually stand tall and also inspire those other people around you to feel safe and feel like they're protected because your roots run so deep. So it's just been more for me about like doubling down on my practices, making sure that I am showing up as my best self every day and committing to those things as well as trying to push myself out of my comfort zone to share more, to, you know, chat with good people like yourself, to get on a live, to set up, you know, free coaching calls for people that are in uncertain times right now to encourage them to prioritize the health. There's no better time than now, right? When, when else are we going to do this? Like, let's, mm. let's make it a priority now. Guys, I really want you 
taking notice of what Steve said there. I think that's, I think that's such a, such a perfect reference, bro. Like the tree with no roots and those roots being your habits, your ways of being your core values, the systems that you have in place. And this is, this is a really opportune time to create that morning routine Mm -hmm. that maybe you've been putting off. Right. And, and and be more mindful of what you're putting into your body. And just for everyone listening and watching, definitely make sure to shoot Steve a follow because I'm telling you, he has such a diverse bunch of content. He talks a lot about breath work. He talks a lot about mindfulness, stillness, movement, nutrition, all of these things that really create that, that full piece of the pie that is health and wellness. And dude, like what, what, if someone is right now using this time, let's assume that people are really using this time to optimize their longevity, their health Mm -hmm. and prioritize that. What would you say are three super simple things that they can implement right now to really boosting their immunity, but more so just boosting their overall health? Mm. I think a, a really nice combination of nutrition, hydration, as well as some stillness and movement practice. So they would be the thing, nutrition, hydration, stillness, and movement. So nutrition, you know, eat real food, buy as clean as you possibly can right now. Try to eat things organically grown that come from the world. Did it fall from a tree, grow from the ground? Did it have eyes and an asshole? Like, did it come from the ocean? Eat that stuff. Uh, hydrate, you know, stay hydrated. Half your body weight in ounces of water every single day. Good quality water water if you can get it filtered you know buy whatever you can but don't let perfect prevent you from stepping up you know if you can't afford all organic if you can't afford the best possible water then just do what you can so focus on that um the stillness practice you know we're being forced in many ways here to get quiet and be still and i think this is a skill that maybe a lot of people are lacking you know when as soon as our lives get quiet we look to distract immediately right the phone comes out the headphones go in when we're in nature we have lost this skill which is inherently part of our humanness of being quiet with oneself and i think now is the perfect opportunity to do that because most of us are indoors for far longer than we usually are and what better time than to start building that habit so whether that's 10 minutes in the morning or whether that's Um, you know, 10 minutes in the evening to cultivate a a journaling practice or a meditation practice. And then lastly, look to, um, you know, do some movement, look to jump on anything that you can do here. And and if that means changing up your routines, like you're usually in the gym a lot, then get in touch with some bodyweight stuff. Follow this kind of stuff Mm. that Jeremy posts, follow the kind of stuff that I do. If you've got access to a kettlebell, amazing. But either way, just Reconnect with your body, spend more time on the ground, you know, get off the sofa, sit on the floor and eat your dinner. Like Jeremy and I are both sitting on the floor while we do this uh, chat here for the next hour. Like I'm in a nice little shin box position. There you go, man. That just like move more, you know? Mm, I love that. I, I think everything that you said is so, is so practical and very applicable. Mm. And, and these, these are like, these are, so many external things, right, have been removed. And now we're really able to focus on what really matters. And people, I hope, use this time to form that deeper connection with themselves through their breath, through their movement practice, through their stillness practice. And dude, like my, honestly, like my biggest fear is that people come out of this and and they don't take advantage of this limited window we have. And I feel like, like you said, so many people are using 
more so than ever, technology as an escape. Mm. And, and this can be a great tool for us, but we have to see like who's in control of the situation. Is social media controlling us or are we really being mindful in what we put out and who we choose to uh, uh, surround ourselves with, whether that be um, physically or over the web. So um, what is something, what is something right now that, you know, like this past four weeks or moving forward for the month of April that you're looking to implement, you're looking to strengthen in your own life? Yeah, I think I'm, um, you know, being more mindful first off to piggyback off what you said and on, on the social media consumption side of things, because, you know, we are, we do use it. This isn't a, you know, let's all get off it and just spend time, you know, the whole day meditating, but it's, it's using it mindfully, like you said, and it can really be a source of inspiration or it can be a source of desperation, right? How do you feel when you get off your 30 minute social media binge? Do you feel inspired to grow and buy that book or listen to that podcast or move your body or create a delicious recipe? Or have you just spent the last 30 minutes watching, you know, fear mongering media or staring at people's booties on the Instagram and just wasting your time? Like <laughs> vet your attention very, very carefully because, you know, this, this, this is what it is. You know, the, the social media world is, is a war for your attention and, and you are the product and they're trying to keep you on it as long as possible so they can learn more about you and sell you more stuff. And these are designed to be very addictive things. So that's okay. It's not your fault, but it is your responsibility to, you know, own that and start to use it more mindfully. And that's something I'm working on too. It's easy when you've slowed life down and you're not jumping from appointment to appointment and doing this, that, and the other, that you naturally have more time and you'll start to see that hand just mindlessly reach for the phone, right? So implement strategies and make sure when you are on it, you're using it to consume really good content that inspires you and also use that time to recycle that energy and create too. Like create something for you. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, creating something you post on social media. Maybe that creative energy is learning to dance or play an instrument or journal or whatever that is. So it's that, um, you know, for me, it's just more mindfulness in, in the practice. And then I guess what, you know, you know, what I'm focusing on right now is really cultivating and getting re in touch with that, you know, that, that, that present moment awareness and just really being still. Uh, 10 weeks ago, I became a new father and life gets like shaken up a little bit in, in that, you know, because everything is new, everything, there's life before fatherhood and then life afterwards. So those, those routines, those roots for that tree in the ground, they get uprooted a little bit and you've got to stay very strong to make sure you plant those back down. So it's, it's actually a blessing right now to have this time to really anchor down into those so I can show up and, and, you know, I filled my cup up because of these routines so I can be more present, you know, mm. with, with baby Jai and with my wife and, you know, serve them in the way that we, that I can right now, which is caring for them and cooking them delicious food and providing safety and, and really being, you know, the, the man of the house that I want to be in that, uh, in that good, strong energy. I love that, bro. That's so, that's so powerful. And we're definitely going to dive, dive deeper into fatherhood in a moment. Yeah, man. You know, I, I, I was I was going back and I know one of the things that you mentioned was for 2020, for your 30th lap around the sun, right? Mm. When you turned 30, you really wanted to focus on leadership. Is that mm. right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Leadership and, is a huge thing for me now. Yeah. And, and, I'm, and, and I think there's no better opportunity, right? To be a leader for your clients and for right. your family, for, for your baby right now. Like that's so beautiful. So, so tell me like, what are some of those leadership qualities that you find yourself embodying on mm. a day-to-day -day basis? 
I think more than anything else, um, what leaders do is they take responsibility. Mm. They take responsibility. And what that means is not slipping into this victim mindset that, you know, I, I recently just went through about, you know, that, that I could have easily and, and probably my older self and, and my lower self could have fell into this victim narrative. But my commitment to be a leader allowed me to step up and kind of weather the proverbial storm because I was just down in Florida on a, on a staycation that we do because we're up in PA right now. And in the winter, we go down to Florida to do a little snowbird action and I can, you know, just be in the sun and things like that. But we, we've got a six week old baby and, you know, to, to share a story that is, that, that was quite hard on my wife and I, is we were planning this beautiful ceremony of birth to be a home birth and to be natural. And, you know, we had the doula and everything and life throws, um, you know, a twist in the work sometimes. And it didn't go like that. And it ended up being in the hospital as a C-section with some scary steps along the way. And it, and it was very frightening, but it was also very hard because you have this idea of the way you want something to be. Mm. And you can end up really resenting that because you wish it to be a different way. So we're coming off that. Now we're in Florida and, and you know, you're just adjusting a lot to being this new person and finding these new roles. And then, you know, coronavirus is here and there's all of that craziness. And then one day we go out for a few hours and we come back home and our cat has passed away. No explanation. She's a healthy 18-month-old cat. And she's she's just gone. And she was one of my best friends. You know, she used to sit on my lap and meditate every morning. So you've got all of these things, one after another, boom, boom, boom. And you know, it's not that's that's none of our fault. You know, we didn't ask for this. Um, but it is your responsibility, you know, not all of this stuff that happens is your fault. Like life is going to serve you up some curveballs, and shit's going to happen. And there's, there's painful stuff and there's malevolence and it's okay. It's not your fault, but it is your responsibility. How you want to show up in those situations. Are you going to blame and complain? Are you going to say, Oh, why me? Why now this sucks? Or are you going to say, okay, you know, and, and really know and embody that this is happening for me. And there's a lesson here and I can either choose to grow or I can choose to shrink back from this. And what leaders mm -hmm. do is they take responsibility and they grow from that. And, and, and they do so from this place where they feel it and, and they allow for that, but they also stay committed to, to, to stepping up and living an extraordinary life. So, you know, part of a leader, part of a, being a, a good leader is, is practicing what you preach. And what that means is, you know, can you take responsibility for yourself and for others? And can you show up in the world the way that you would want to, you know, when you look back on this thing a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now? Mm. Dude, I appreciate you sharing that, man. That, uh, that definitely sounds like a very challenging mm. situation for you, your wife, your, your, your baby as well, and everyone involved. And, and especially like you said, when you have your expectations set, right. And it's like, this is how we dream it happening. Right. And then everything got turned upside down. And I think that's honestly a representation of how so much of the world is feeling right now. Oh my God. Yeah. And, and like you said, taking ownership and taking accountability and, and being able to pivot and not letting this one circumstance or this one moment lead down that, that spiral downhill yeah. where you start playing the victim role, you start blaming other people because there's really no power in that. No. And, and, and being able to take responsibility is huge. And then it's funny because actually this upcoming week for, for my clients, we focus on leadership and I feel like 
for me, like the three C's are super important. And the first one being compassion, like, mm-hmm. do you care? And, and I think we, we probably both share this. A lot of your clients in the past and in the present, like they see that you actually give a shit. Yeah. Right. So, so you answer that question affirmative. And then next is competence. Like, can you actually help me get from point A to point B? Can you help me do that? And with all of your knowledge, with all of your wisdom, with all of the time and energy that you've dedicated to the craft, the mm-hmm. answer again is yes. Right. And then, and then I think the third one would, uh, would be character. Can I trust you? Yeah. Can I trust you? And, and if you're, if you're a leader or an aspiring leader, it's like, you need to look in the mirror. Yeah. And how are you showing up? And, and oftentimes we say, and we look for something in somebody else, but we're not actually embodying those things, those qualities, those values. And I'd love to just see you stepping up, bro. It's so powerful. Tell me, like, tell me just some of the things that, that have been, uh, I guess, like unexpected as a father, you know, in these first two and a half months or so, like, what are some, what are just some divide downloads you've had? Yeah, it's been really good for me because part of my kind of path and work over the last, you know, couple of years has been trying to like, uh, get more, get more able to access this like heart energy and this place of just feeling love. And you know that I think a lot of men, we, we face this a little bit because we're raised in this, you know, boy psychology kind of era where it's all just about being tough and donning the suit of armor and figuring it out and not showing your emotions. And that's mm-hmm. not actually what being a man is. And, and we can talk about that transition from boy psychology to, to, to the kind of mature masculine, if you'd like. But what it's really allowed me to do is to, is to go even deeper into that because it, it cracks you wide open, man. Like you will feel the feels when you look at your baby that you created in just this fucking perfect, like divine blank slate uh, that, that is just, you know, mm-hmm. untouched by the world yet. And all of those things that we've picked up along the way that can become our self-limiting beliefs that we've worked to come over and learn and those lessons that we'll hopefully teach to that little guy coming through. But like, it just cracks you open. And, and you know, this, this analogy that I like is like, life is like an egg. And if that egg gets cracked from the outside, it's like... You, you know, you spilled it out and it's destruction. But if that is broken from the inside, it's life. And it's, you know, and that, that outward expression of breaking out from the inside out, you know, to do the work and go inwards or to have that divine moment or when your baby's born and you're stirring it in its little face and you're like, holy shit, I'm a dad now. That will, that will do it. That will fast track anybody that's feeling a bit stuck in, you know, accessing that heart space more. Mm. Let's talk a little bit about that in terms of the idea of like the divine masculine and, mm. and being able to open up, be vulnerable. Talk a little about talk talk a little bit about that because I know that's been a journey for you, for yeah. me. And, and and what kind of helped you accelerate that process yeah. and really overcome some of those stories and perceptions of the world that you had. Yeah. So I think it comes down to um, like initiations and rites of passage, Um, because if we look, um, you know, and we study older societies and the way we've always done things, there's always been a transition from boyhood to manhood. And this has usually been run by 
elders of the tribe. And often there's, there's tons of different examples of this, but the boy is usually taken away from his family and his parents and put through some kind of initiation process, whether it's a sun dance, whether it's fasting in the woods, whether it's medicine journeys, whatever this is, it's an invitation to step out of that boy psychology into this mature, masculine, divine kind of Shiva energy. And we've lost that. Let's be quite honest. We've got these pseudo initiations today. You know, we pass our driver's test and now we're no longer the dependent child who's reliant on mom and dad. And we're this, you know, independent adult because we can go anywhere we want. But is that really teaching those qualities of how to be a good person? And more importantly, as it relates to being a man, to be a good man. Then we go to college and being a, being a guy in college can, can be very much stuck in that boy psychology that we think what we want is to get really drunk and try and have sex with as many girls as possible. But is that really embodying that archetypal divine masculine energy? Probably not. So it's not anybody's fault again, but it is our responsibility. We've lost our elders. We've lost our initiations. We've lost our rites of passage. And it seems interesting to me that in a time where we are on the cusp of the greatest initiation the world has seen, there's a radical shift coming that we have gotten the furthest removed from our initiations of boys to men uh, ever. And I think what the world needs now is actually more men, not less, as is the narrative popularized by you know social justice warriors and and some some you know um, popular thinking, which is that. You know, men are also starting to believe that their masculinity is inherently bad or toxic because of things like toxic masculinity. And people are very confused. And this is emasculating men because they don't know where and how to find their space in the world. And I think that we've all got to try and go on that journey um, to try and transition from our boy psychology into that man psychology. And you can do it through various ways. And again, fatherhood is, a, is an answer to the call to step up to that if you can do it from the right frame of mind. But there's many other ways too. you know, meeting mentors, you know, um, showing up for yourself, challenging yourself, going through ceremonies and rituals, whatever that is. But I think that it's a call to action right now for men because we need that, you know. Mm. So many, so, so many knowledge bombs in those last few minutes. It's so funny. Like you're so, you're, you're so on point with that. And I'm like going through my head, what are some rites of passage that I've had in my mm. life? And I'm like, well, I got bar mitzvah when I was 13 and they, <laughs> right. they told me that I'm a man. And I'm like, no, like, right. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like there is preparation and, and hardship that goes into the preparation of that. And but by no means is it a real rite of passage right. that teaches you these valuable lessons and values that you speak of. And I got some good ideas as you were speaking. Like, I think it would be cool to incorporate like an ice bath. Yeah. You know, one, once you hit like five or six years old. Yeah. Yeah. Like first day of kindergarten, you're going in the cold. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious to know, have you, have you uh, brainstormed? like any things that you might want to implement with your boy? Um, not really in terms of like the direct strategies, but I think what I, what I want to do to hold myself responsible and to really be the father that I, I want to, so I can, you know, when the time is right, have a boy that transitions into a man and a man that's going to show up powerfully in the world and honor that kind of, you know, mature masculine energy is, is to make sure that I don't miss opportunities to have conversations about that important stuff, you know, to be really open and really vulnerable and share where maybe I didn't get that when I was growing up or I 
I had to figure it out much later down the line to really equip him with the tools to handle what life is going to throw at him and to really offer him a, a more mature perspective because as we go through education and schooling and things like this, we can become peer oriented. And then, you know, we're getting our lessons and our wisdom from our peers who are also kids who also don't have that mentorship. And it could be a slippery slope for kids to just become peer oriented because it's children leading children. So we need that wisdom of elders. And it's okay if that's your own father. It's okay if that's the wise sage in the woods, but we need it, you know? And, and I think that I just want to fill that role a little bit uh, as well. And, you know, just, you know, push this, this boy down that path, you know, to really show up and take responsibility and know what it means so we can confidently answer when asked the question, like, what does it mean to, to be a man? What does it mean to be a good person? And like, know that he's, he's got some tools to, to do that with and to show up with. What up, podcast fam? I'm sorry for interrupting the show, but I want to make sure that you're prioritizing your immunity. And the best way to do that is with the ultimate shrooms. This is eight organic mushroom fruiting bodies designed to drive your white blood cell count up and really boost your immunity. So there's no better time to prioritize your health than right now. All you got to do is go to liveultimate.com slash podcast. Do it now. Do it now, fam. The time is now. Don't wait until tomorrow. Liveultimate.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the show. I love it, dude. I love it. And I'm curious to know, bro, like, uh, you also mentioned that this past year where you really dove deep into personal development and growth and really, uh, elevating your consciousness, right? You said that in that year, you cried more than in your previous 29 years. I'm wondering what are some of the things that really invoke that type of emotional mm. response? Yeah, it, it was first and first and foremost, like accepting and actually believing that it is okay to cry, that it is not some form of weakness, that it is not a, a mark against my masculinity because men don't cry. And that's where this whole idea of like this, this boy psychology to this man psychology got me interested in and what I want to speak about more because, you know, I was raised in, in those, you know, tough guy environments. I played rugby, a very tough guy sport. Then I transitioned into MMA. I was fighting grown men in cages. It's a tough guy sport. You know, there's a lot of ego. There's a lot of posturing. And you certainly don't want to be seen as weak because it's kill or be killed in those environments. And the person that cries and the person that's sensitive and the person that is emotional is weak, or at least that's what I believed. So I was very closed off to this idea of vulnerability and really feeling. And what I come to realize is once you know you're vulnerable and you're okay owning that, it's no longer vulnerability. It's actually a superpower. And the reason I really wanted to tap into that is because life is so much better when you can feel those things. And I was, I was robbing myself to some degree of the full experience of life because I wanted to be this, you know, emotional robot that just got shit done and, 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 you know, toughed it out instead of being open when I needed to be, whether that was, you know, to feel more in a relationship or to have a difficult conversation with myself or with other that I wasn't having. So, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was a realization. It was a call to action, you know, to really, what do you want from life and how do you want to impact people through coaching and what kind of husband and what kind of father do you want to be? And, um, you know, I was definitely cracked wide open, um, you know, in ceremony with plant medicine that, that showed me some of that stuff. And that was the, the seed was planted then. And since then has been the work to just continue that in the, in the, in the practice of life, you know? 
Mm. Yeah, man, that's powerful. What, what would you say opened up for you after you really started to tap into this more open, vulnerable side? What would you say opened up for you, especially in terms of your regard, uh, your relationship with Nicole? Mm. How did that evolve? And, and, and again, like what things did you see starting to open up? Yeah, I think that it's powerful because it's not just the, the one person. Like if you do your work and you're in a relationship container, you also like, you, you also can help give permission to the other person to show more of that vulnerability too. And you can just, you know, get in touch with them on a much deeper level, you know, the, a much real level, a spiritual connection that is really necessary because the container of relationship is one that has to fuel both of you. That that is one that has to to bring you up to, to evolve you, you know, and to keep you walking through those levels. And I think it's easy to get complacent and it's easy to get stuck. And sometimes you need that other person to, you break through a little bit and they can bring you along. Or if you can both do it at the same time, that's beautiful. And I think that, you know, a lot of my stuff in the relationship container was silly little things like not being able to, you know, really say the things that I felt in the moment that I felt them, not being able to tell Nicole that she looked beautiful, even though in my head I could say that. I'd be like, wow, she looks really good right now. But I couldn't say it. There was an emotional mm. blockage. And I just didn't have the tools. That's all it was. It's not that I didn't feel it. It's not that I didn't want to say it. I didn't know how. And I felt very awkward. And, you know, I still do to a large degree because for 28 years of my life, I practiced living that way. And I wish it was as easy as clicking your fingers and to say, I'm not that way anymore. But I am conscious of it now and I am working on it now. And this is, 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 what it's all about really, you know, becoming aware and then doing the work. It's one thing to become aware and then say, oh, that's really hard. So I'm, I'm going to go back to my old ways. You know, it's, it's again, are you going to take responsibility with what you've got? Because with great power comes great responsibility, right? Now I know. Now what are you going to do? What kind of person do you want to do? And what, how, what do you want to do with that knowledge? So I'm working on it every day and I'm trying to be more open with Nicole because that's what I want Jai as well to see in me as a father. Like I don't want him to think that, you know, a man just, you know, just keeps the house safe and, and does that and is not like open enough to have these conversations. So I want to work on it for myself and for Nicole and for Jai and because that's what I can give back further in coaching because you can only take a client on a journey as far as you've been, right? And that's it's kind so of what true. I'm working on. It's so true, man. And I, and I think it's really important too that men like you and myself and Alvi and, and guys who might be looked at as like these type A, like macho yeah. dudes, I feel like it's really powerful that we are doing this type of work. Because like you said, yes, it's impacting us. It's enhancing our life, enhancing the lives of our immediate uh, family and friends, but also it's empowering others to do the same. Yeah. And I feel like that's really where it's so powerful. And, and I really encourage you guys listening and watching right now, you know, like Steve mentioned, it's all about awareness. And then once you gain that awareness, taking action on that awareness, right. And that's, that's, really what we both encourage you to do right now. Like, what are your tendencies? What are your habits? What do you find yourself doing on default? What, what are these, where are these areas where you're operating on automatic mm. and 95% of our lives by the age of 35 is automatic. It's all right. these subconscious thoughts, all these subconscious actions that, that again, we're not aware of. Right. 
And, and you can't really gain that awareness until you just get still and observe. And I know you mentioned plant medicine previously. What, what plant medicine were you referring to? And, and also, again, I know you've done a few different journeys what has that allowed you to open up? And for anyone out there listening who's, you know, thought about having one of these experiences, what are your recommendations for them? Yeah, I think, um, so So I've done a lot of work with um, the sacred children, as they are called in that community, which is essentially code word for magic mushroom, um, called the sacred children because they're very playful with how they, they work through you. Now, I think what's really important to uh, discern here is the set and setting and the intention which you're using them. Because a lot of people might be like, oh, I've done mushrooms, and you do mushrooms at a concert with your friend, but it's a much, much different experience in a sacred container, in a shamanic way, with those guides, with that, you know, with that dose as well. And, and to go into this knowing that you are going to do the work. And that's why you're going to uncover this stuff. You're not going to just go lay on the beach with the homies. So it's a different experience. And that's what I would encourage people to do is not just buy some and look to go and do them and friend. And sure, you might have a great experience doing that too. But if you really want to, you know, start to uncover some of the stuff and as many people that have done this work will say, like have that kind of, you know, five years of therapy in one night and really get a good look at yourself from a zoomed out perspective then find a, a practitioner, find a modern shaman, find a medicine man or woman that can hold that space. It's very, very important because there's a lot of, there's a lot of energetic stuff going on in that room when you're in a container like that. And I know, Jeremy, you've been to you know, Peru and done ayahuasca and things like that. It's important to have a shaman that can hold that space for you and really keep you grounded and, and kind of walk between those two worlds um, and you know, just really you know, look to go in and do the work there because to piggyback off something, what you said, Jeremy, like that awareness is key and this is going to give you all of that awareness. And if you're not happy with the way your life is right now or, 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 you know, the way it's heading, you have to look at what you are choosing subconsciously and bring it up into the conscious mind. And for some people, they might not have the tools or the know-how to do that. And the plants will show you that really, really quickly because you don't get what you want from them. You get what you need and they will show you exactly the work that you need to do. And then it's that idea of, okay, well, now I know what am I going to do with that? So they've, they've, they've helped me in, in so many ways. They helped me in my first journey. I had some professional breakthroughs about where my message should go and, and what I should do. And that spawned me to end up doing like three workshops in in elementary schools in New York, talking about mindfulness in education, doing something that I wasn't even on my radar before them. It was a straight download. In and other then you ceremonies. had a child, which is and like I had a so child. Cool. It's crazy, and 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 the other ceremonies have led me to have you know these experiences convening with you know source or God or whatever word you feel comfortable with to know that we are all connected and there is something outside of this bag of skin that is so important. And then other journeys with my wife where we you know did that together and and, and kind of saw our roles uh, of this transition into the next phase of life, which is parenthood. So. It's, it's offered me um, a lot of, really a lot of value, but I think it's very important to honor and respect the plants and, and really go in with that respect and reverence and intention with a good practitioner that's experienced. And, and then you will get out a lot of value from something like that. 
Yeah. And, and so much that you just, you just dropped, which like, I don't even need to repeat, but if you guys need to rewind and play that again, I think it's so important. All those things you mentioned about setting, about, uh, about intention and about really making sure you do the homework, like mm. on who you're doing this with, who's leading this. And let me ask you how you did like a hero's dose, right? So, so how many grams were you doing, uh, most recently? Um, it was, it was five, but by the end of the night, it was probably more, um, because we were offered a chance to, to go deeper and to surrender to the medicine further. And I think that was two times and that was a, another gram each. So we might've been up around seven by the time. And that will be enough to, you know, really open some portals and really open some doors and, uh, show you exactly what you need to see <laughs> easy or not. And, and what was the way you ingested them? Um, it was just eaten through, it was prepared with sacred cacao. Um, the, 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 the medicine man up here is, has become a, a, you know, a mentor to me in many ways. Um, and he runs a, a, a beautiful place called the sanctuary, um, the sanctuary, New York, it's in upstate New York and it's a certified, um, church. It's a native American church so they're protected to do these kinds of works. And this is a guy that has a remarkable story too. I should connect you guys because he was, a very, very high performing entrepreneur, entrepreneur of the year in New York City, 2010, made, you know, millions of dollars, ascended the heights of the corporate ladder, and then realized that wasn't it. You know, there was something missing. Ended mm. up volunteering in India, the Mother Teresa Church, ended up then in Peru studying with the Amazonian shamans, and now brings that medicine back here, where he now gives people like me the gift in, in that container. And, and that's, you know, it, it's just an amazing place. And that's, that's really the importance of finding a place like that, if one do, does exist, or other places like Rhythmia and Costa Rica and these places that are popping up now that have literal places where this is what they do and they do it very professionally in a very safe setting and, and it allows people to have these just incredible experiences where they can just learn so much about themselves and just receive so much healing and so much wisdom in such a short space of time the value is like it's hard to it's hard to put into words really yeah and it's unfortunate man just the way that our society and our culture uh, created these stigmas around mm. these things and it all happened I believe in like 1970 when yeah. when we were also seeing like a huge heroin heroin influx in our country and then it was also when you know like the hippies and like magic mushrooms and Woodstock and, and people and, and that's when they became a classified uh, I believe like classified for narcotic yeah and and all the research that was being done at the time had to come to a screeching halt and it's 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 disappointing and sad to an extent that going back to that perception of what a man is right you're in college you're drinking until you're blackout mm. drunk and that's somehow rewarded like that's kind right. of normalized and uh, we we neglect the fact that you're absolutely destroying your brain destroying right. your liver destroying every part of your body and, and these things like mushrooms and other plant medicines that are actually here for that divine purpose oh man are are vilified and they're looked at by by most as like like woo woo and and mm. why would you ever do that and people get ostracized you know yeah. i've seen people in their friends groups like get ostracized and that's probably a good thing in the long term for them because they probably need to evolve and, and expand their environment and their and their network but it's so important man everything that you mentioned and anyone out there now like 
if there's something that you want to, and, and you don't need medicines for this to have breakthroughs, you know, you mentioned like breath work and movement. These are all really powerful tools, but what some of these medicines do, and for me, especially with mushrooms, you know, I'm very big into microdosing. And what it's doing, it's actually turning on that amygdala part of your brain mm. that oftentimes, right, is that analytical mind. It's just kind of numbed out. And if you're listening right now, and maybe you have a history of SSRIs, antidepressants, you probably know what I'm talking about because it's almost like talking to someone who's emotionally unavailable. And when, when you do these medicines, even in very small doses, I found it, it turns on this amygdala part of your brain. You become much more aware and present of nature, of your body, and of all the gifts that you have in your life. Yeah. And, and it's such a beautiful, it's such a beautiful tool to have. And again, like you said, it's, it's, it, it all comes back to intention. Like, what do you want to learn from the medicine? What do you want right. to learn from this teacher? And, and I, and, and I think that's so valuable, dude. Um, so Steve, like, I want to know, bro, you're continuing to expand, you know, your business is continuing to expand, uh, your leadership, your con, like all of these things, you know, I've watched kind of from afar, but also, also, uh, done my best to, to keep tabs on you. Like, what is something right now that maybe you feel like, uh, is something holding you back in some capacity that you really want to work on? Is there anything yeah. like that? Yeah, there's, there's, there, oh, there always is, man. There always is. Um, it's just whether you're willing to like own it and face it and not pretend that you're this complete picture. I think that we've all got a lot of shit that we're still working through. And I think, you know, I've become committed to the journey in the fact that I am almost at this place where I'm going to relentlessly pursue what those things are. I'm going to put myself in uncomfortable situations to see where my shadows are. And mm. to quote Young, to keep my shadows in front of me because they can only take you down from behind. So it's not about not having, you know, these these shadows or these limiting beliefs or it, it but it's it's about trying to bring them up into that conscious mind and then saying, okay, maybe I see what that is and maybe I can even pinpoint where that came from. And and this is when I adopted that belief and this is when I cemented it and this is how it shapes my world. So what can I do? Because if I've learned something, you know, a story that was given to me by other people that has now become a self-limiting belief, then I can also unlearn it. Mm. And, but I've got to do the work, you know, so I find these things all the time. You know, I find my limitations in, in this, you know, this world of putting out content and wondering whether I should say something or not, because what if this crowd doesn't agree with it? And what if I have the conversation about masculinity and stepping into that power? Do you upset people that think, who's this hippy dippy, you know, what <laughs> in the woods kind of loser, you know, there's these things are opportunities to step up to that challenge and really face that and overcome some of these, you know, self-limiting beliefs. So I'm constantly doing the work, man. And I think that for, for me, it's, it's really just um, confidently moving forward and inspiring people to take action and invest in themselves mm -hmm. because I just like in coaching now, what I see so often is when people come into the program and then they come out the other end, 12 weeks later, there is life before coaching and life after coaching. And that life after coaching is they're on a completely different path in mm. terms of their, their ability to just be happy and see and have clarity and, 
you know, for me, that is a gift that all of us should taste. So my real, you know, goal is to see how I can make more impact and, you know, to shout out my homie Gandhi, right? Be the change you wish to see in the world. I'm, I'm doing this work because I want to inspire others to do it and have that ripple effect because your work creates the big ripple. Then you reach this other person and that creates another ripple, but then they go and have an, a relationship with this one and they bring that to that relationship. And now, now we're, now we're growing, you know, now we've got a global network of people that are working on themselves and stepping up in a powerful way. And that just excites the shit out of me, man. Like that is, that's what I'm about, you know? And, there's going to be some some things that try to limit my potential along that path in terms of showing up, in terms of speaking my truth, in terms of you know putting myself out there and I'm becoming more and more aware of them and I'm trying to put them to bed more and more because I think this is a gift that, that like you said early on, if you don't share, it's it's selfish. You know, you, I, I want to share this message. People need this message, and um, I, I've been you know given this kind of job and role here to do that. So, dude. Uh, yes, yes. And yes. And what I would encourage you, bro, is like, I've seen you, you know, just by looking, looking at some of your content, I feel like you've made a lot of progress in Mm. terms of just being your most authentic self and not worrying about judgment from others because you are speaking your truth. Yeah. And, and that's, what's so important, man. And what, what's also so apparent when you speak is that, you talked about before we went live, how you invested in a coach in a business coach. And I think when you do that, it is so much more powerful when you are talking to prospective clients about your coaching product, because you've done the work, you've made the investment and, and you know, deep inside of you that you can answer all three of those questions, right? Uh, Like, do you care? Can you help me? And can I trust you? Like you can genuinely answer all of those three with such confidence. And that is ultimately what's going to enable you to continue your success and continue your growth. I'm curious to know, I want to give you the opportunity to speak a little bit about your coaching and really it, you mentioned it's a 12 week program. What is your hope at, after people finish that, after they get through 12 weeks, what is your vision that they take away from that experience? Mm. Yeah, so um, my, my like, ultimate goal um, to try and make manifest inside that coaching container is that that 12 weeks is taking clients on a journey that took me 10 years to figure out and streamlining it. And they can't do the work of 10 years in 12 weeks, but they can learn the tools and the techniques. So my goal is to give them this unbelievable foundation where they, in a sense, can become their own coach, like that answers to their own questions. They know where to look. They know what to ask. They know where they're heading. They know who they are and they know who they are not. And they've kind of put that stuff behind them you know from a more physical level they know how to move the body they know when they know what to eat and they know why but internally they know how to identify when they're in these downward spirals and pull themselves back out they know what it looks like to see a self-limiting belief creeping in and go in and turn that into a positive truth and fundamentally mm. you know something that I'll, I'll just throw out there now because at the end of 12 weeks when I always ask like what was the biggest takeaway this comes back the most is this idea of 
really embodying that that everything we do is a choice and our human superpower is really a choice to take responsibility for that and align as your highest self so you said something earlier on in the podcast about you know upwards of 90 percent of our behavior being completely automatic right and that incessant stream of thoughts that come in and how so many of those thoughts are the same as the the, the day before and that our habits really define who we are so all of these things are decisions if we can make them conscious. And if we can see that life is made up of thousands of micro decisions, that in those decisions, we have a choice. And that choice is, do we align as our highest self or do we shrink back and align as our lowest self? And our lowest self wants comfort and safety and the same things as before. And our highest self, we know what that version of ourselves wants. It's what we see for ourselves when we really tap in and close our eyes and think about the potential that we can bring. But by dropping back into that place and saying, what would my highest self do now? Now you're in the driver's seat. Now you've got to take a choice. And if you don't choose to act as your higher self, then you've got deeper questions to ask because then you've got to say, well, do I really want it? But if you let that be your guiding North Star, what would my higher self do now? And just continually act in alignment with that. What would my higher self do now? And just adopt that for your framework to look at life. And you're the director of this play and give them names. You know, my higher self is Steve. My lowest self is Steve. You know, what would Steve do now? Oh, I acted as Steve there. You know, I'm going to learn from that. I'm not going to beat myself up from it, but I don't want to act like that again what would my highest self do now and continually just show up and ask that question every single day because if you can do that you will radically improve yourself you will grow because you know what to do you know the answers it's it's all of the the noise that usually detracts us from that i love that bro and and so so the biggest takeaways i got from that were you know really enabling and, and providing sources for these people going through your program, going through this transformation, going through this journey to gain that awareness and to build intuition yeah. with their, with their decision-making like, Hey, you know, this type of food makes you feel this type of way. So maybe now next time that opportunity presents itself, you'll remember that, Bingo. right? Because you have this newfound awareness that maybe you were not tuned into previously. Yeah. So I think that's so powerful. And then I know, you are always supporting and holding people at a high standard, holding them accountable. And I think that's also so valuable when working with people at a high level, because we have to remember, like you and I are blessed. We're lucky. You know, we have, uh, we have a lot of people that are in this space, right? But a lot of people, like they're surrounded by people that are toxic, yeah. that don't have healthy habits. And we are like that only source in yeah. that moment for them to stay on track. Yeah. And, and I, I know, I know just like myself, you don't take that, you don't take that privilege lightly at all. And it really is a gift to be able to share our gifts and impact people in the most profound ways through health, through wellness, through habit building. Um, and, and Steve, I want to know, man, like, is there anything we, we, didn't talk about today that is really close to your heart that you want to leave our listeners with? Um, I think we covered like a, a whole gamut of things that, you know, resonate for me and are very true. I think that, you know, just because it's fresh on my mind of what you just said, like, I, I think where the real value in coaching is and lies and why this is an important point to bring up is, is this accountability piece 
the fact that you know when you are invested in something and you make an investment that you're invested people who pay pay attention and when people do that they show up for themselves like i know that some of the greatest decisions i ever made for myself was various programs was various coaches because I needed that 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 push to throw over the few thousand dollars that makes me go, okay, well, I paid a few thousand dollars. You bet your ass I'm showing up for this. And then I did. And when you show up for yourself, you grow in exponential ways. And that's really where the value is. So whoever it is, whatever it is, invest in yourself and find a way to hold yourself accountable because it's hard to do this alone. It really is. And the beautiful thing about today's world is you can... You can have someone fight your, you know, fight with you and be in this with you from across the other side of the world. Like, you know, Jeremy, I know you've got clients in Australia. I've had Australian clients, Swedish clients, Canadian. Like, it's an amazing time to connect with these people that can help you level up. And there's no better investment to make than the one that you make in yourself. So, you know, I, I would just, you know, want to add that for anybody that listens to this podcast regularly and is like, maybe one day I'll get a coach. You know, do that shit now. Like, do that now. It doesn't yeah. forget the finances. Put it on a credit card, PayPal credit, do whatever, because you'll never regret investing in yourself and it will change your life. That's it. It's so true. And I think sometimes people lack that, lack that, uh, that long term vision. Like they, and a lot of times we're operating from that scarcity mindset. Oh, like I'm running low on funds or uh, this and that. And when you do make that commitment and that leap of faith and you step into the unknown, it's such a powerful commitment and declaration that you're making. And I see so many people, they're constantly serving others, investing in other things and other ventures and other businesses, but not investing in themselves. And I think right now, you know, with in the last two weeks alone, 9 million people in the U.S. have filed for unemployment. And, and so many of these people, I can guarantee you, thought they would never lose their job. Yeah. They thought stability, I'm safe. And hopefully... For those people, if, if that's you listening or someone you know, you know, the, the best safety and security you can build is your skill set and your, your, your commitment to growth and development. So definitely, guys, if you're watching on IG Live right now, I see you. Make sure to follow my boy, Peak Primal Health, and, and you can hit him up directly for, for some of his coaching. And you know what? Like, a lot of people come to me and they're like, bro, why do you promote like other coaches and, and other people's services? And for me, it's like, dude, it's, I'm abundant, bro. This is like an abundant world. And the truth of the matter is like, some of you guys might resonate with Steve better, like Steve coaching style and my coaching style. My guess is there's a lot of similarities, but as well, like if you want someone with a sexy beard and a sexy accent, like he's probably your guy. Um, but but in all seriousness, like, dude, I just want to acknowledge you because you really are a true testament of someone who continues to show up, who does the work, who makes the commitments, who does it in a consistent way. And now I can see just talking to you and listening to your voice, like there's an elevated purpose, an elevated mission and vision for the world, especially now with your baby, uh, baby over there. And, and, and you're doing this for him, man. Like this is, this is bigger than just you. Yeah. And, and I just want to acknowledge you, man. And thank you so much for being, being a friend 
And I want to continue elevating our friendship and collaborating as much as possible. Yeah, man. I want to send that right back to you because like you said, collaboration over competition every day of the week, man. And uh, there's so many people that need health. There's so many people that need mentors and guidance. This is not a scarce market and we shouldn't be operating from that scarcity mindset. So I don't care who it is, what it is, invest in yourself. I don't care. Just do it. Make that leap. You know, the successful people versus people that remain stuck. It's all about their ability to take leaps despite of that fear, despite of that doubt that keeps them stuck. No, they take the leap and they figure it out afterwards. So just take that leap for yourself. And you know, what you're doing here like with this platform and these conversations and, you know, it's just powerful, man. And I'm honored to share this space with you. You're a brother and you're also an inspiring coach and you push me to be better and you show what it means to show up authentically and consistently and ferociously. And that's inspiring, man. So you keep doing you because you push all of us to be better. I appreciate that, bro. I received that fully. There you go. I got it. I got it. Um, yeah, man. It's really us lightworkers right now that are being called to serve at the highest level. And like you said, man, I think it's so important. You know, you said giving from an overflowing cup. Yeah. And for those of you listening right now, there's a lot of people who aspire to make change and make a big impact. And it's hard to do that if you're always tired, if you don't have a positive view of yourself. And if your glass is half full and you're giving from that glass, well, pretty soon enough, it's going to be empty. Yeah. And, and what Steve and I are encouraging you to do is to fill up your cup with those healthy habits, you know, simple things, hydrate, move your body, take time to be with your thoughts, to be still and, and to work on your relationships. And that's ultimately going to add so much life and energy to your everyday life. And that's going to allow you to serve at such a high level. And dude, we're going to sign off for now. Uh, we're we're going to, we're definitely going to get Steve back here. I'm sure Steve, I don't know if you've thought about it. You should definitely have your own podcast. Mm. Um, I think like right now would be a great time to start. And I'd love to like help you with that too. So um, guys, Steve is going to start his podcast. It'll be live by the end of the month. <laughs> and again, and again, uh, guys, at Peak Primal Health, we're going to link to his website, to his social media handles in the show notes. So make sure to hit him up. Like, don't be shy. If he said something today that really struck a chord with you, send him a message and let him know like, yo, man, I appreciate you. And I'd love to talk to you more about maybe working together or just you have a question for him. He's so uh, available and, and, and really um, open. So brother... Thank you so much. And guys, you, guys, you already know what time it is. It's time to expand your consciousness, unleash your potential, fill up your cup until that shit is overflowing. And don't forget to exchange some energy along the way. Peace out, fam. Let's get it. Podcast fam, thank you so much for listening until the end of the show. Your energy genuinely means the world. And the best way for me to continue improving this experience is for you to leave a review. Let me know what your biggest takeaway was from today's show. It genuinely means the world to me to get your feedback so I can continue evolving this experience. Your word of mouth is my oxygen. Thank you so much for tuning in and I can't wait for next 
episode.